Blog Talk Radio. Hey everyone, this is Don Scott Damon. I am your Freedom Coach, and you're listening to the Freedom Girl Sisterhood. I'm so glad you stopped by. Today on the program, we're going to talk about surrender, letting go. So if that's an area for you, I invite you to sit back, listen, and hopefully find some freedom today as you join the Freedom Girl Sisterhood. Have you discovered by now that life is hard? It is just difficult. It doesn't mean that we don't love our life or that we don't have great friends and family or a good marriage. It just means that life on this planet Earth is difficult. I mean, if you listen to the morning news, you're going to be depressed. If you listen to the global forecast and all of the fighting and the war that's going on, I mean, that icy claw of fear can grip you. Just look at your checkbook and uh, (laughs) discouragement and stress. I mean, they can just pressure you like advice, right? I think about what you get up in the morning and you step on the scale, I don't know how many of us are really encouraged after we do that, but maybe you just feel like, you know what, I'm going back to bed. Or evaluate your relationships. Evaluate anything in your life, and you might feel like you come up short, just disappointed or disillusioned or feeling just kind of ripped off. Life is difficult. I'm so thankful that God is with us. And he helps us and fills us. But as we go through our life, sometimes it can feel like we are frantically running back and forth in a plate spinning contest. Have you ever seen that before where the plates are just up in the air and and you're trying to keep everything from falling down, spinning one thing in your life after another, running back and forth? I mean, we take desperate measures to keep it all up in the air, keep it from all crashing down around us. And we take a lot of energy and a lot of passion to keep up that good front, don't we? Pretending that everything is okay. And that's not wrong. Sometimes we have to do that. It's not appropriate to be falling apart in public. I get that. But it takes an immense amount of energy when in reality we are struggling with real pain and real issues. And sometimes, you know what, we just need to say to someone, I can't do it anymore. Hurts and hang-ups and habits. We've got marriage problems and money problems and mental health problems, right? How about kids and careers, calories that we're counting? People struggle with unhealthy relationships, toxic relationships. And I just want to say to you, if you're involved in a relationship that is toxic, you need healing. If it's a relationship that you can get out of, you should. If it's a marital relationship and you need to get some help, you should. Because unhealthy relationships are like poison to your body, to your soul, and to your mind. We're in addictive situations, habits, and drug habits, sexual addictions. Life is hard. There's grief and depression. Death is part of life. And some of you listening today may have experienced a loss either a physical loss or an emotional loss, the death of a friendship, the death of a career, the death of a family member that you love. So life is difficult, and 
if you get that picture of us spinning those plates, and I can just so picture that because I've lived that, but now pretend that you are spinning plates in the middle of a dodgeball game because now other life issues are coming at you with such velocity and you're trying to jump out of the way and keep it all together. But sometimes we need to just stop. Stop the madness. Stop the cycle of insanity. Stop the crisis mode. And we need to just let it all come crashing down. Just let it fall down. That is scary to do. I've been there before, and it's not fun. But sometimes we just need to stop what we're doing and listen. Take a moment. Embrace the silence. Now, what do I mean when I say embrace the silence? Sit quietly before the Lord and just allow yourself for a moment to get into touch with what's really going on. You know, oftentimes our life, our flurry of activity, our lack of margin in our life is just an escape. If I stay busy enough, if I do enough, I don't have to stop and really reflect on my life. I don't have to really take an inventory of my heart and the condition of my heart and how I'm really feeling. If I just keep busy, if I keep battling life, if I just live like a martyr and let life and its difficulties just continue to weigh on me, I can look like a hero instead of acknowledge the truth that I'm not doing so well. Stop what you're doing. Today's your encouragement to get off the treadmill and take a moment and listen. You know, one time I decided that I was going to take a fast, and I wanted to do this fast. I didn't want to uh, fast food necessarily. I didn't want to just fast TV or coffee or something like that. I decided that I was going to fast words. So I headed off to a retreat center, a place where I knew that it would be quiet. I loaded up several of my Bibles, my notepad, my journal, my best writing pen, and my CDs of music and all the things that I thought would assist me on my fasting day. And I headed to my retreat center, and there I locked myself into the room for the next eight hours. And as I sat there in the silence of all that was going on, I began to become aware of some things that I hadn't been aware of before. As I sat in that silence before the Lord, hour one and two and hour three, my journal was filled with words that were you know, very glorious. Anybody could read. It was praising God. It was all of the wonderful spiritual Christian ease that we should use. But as I sat there, I began to get very real and very authentic with God. And it wasn't that I was trying to lie or hide. It's just that I had not been quiet long enough to really even discover what was going on inside of my own heart. I was too busy to feel what I was feeling. I was too afraid to acknowledge those emotions and those feelings and life's disappointments and struggles and strongholds that were lurking just off stage left. But I kept so busy in the center of my world that I wasn't aware of it. I think the thing is true for all of us. That, you know, we all have areas of our life that if we just get quiet before God, the Holy Spirit could start to talk to us about it. He could start to get our attention. And what I've learned is that if we don't let the Holy Spirit into those places of our heart, if we don't have those regular checkups with Dr. Jesus and sit quietly before the Holy Spirit, we'll begin to experience troubles. We'll start to deteriorate in our spiritual life and our emotional life. I mean, listen, 
Friends, if we don't take care of our inner business, how many know that our inner business is going to take care of us, isn't it? We're going to end up just imploding in a in a depression or exploding in erupting to people all around us. Neither one of those are good. We have to sit before the Lord and get quiet and find out what's really going on inside of us. Now, when I was a little kid, I, I was sharing this with our church yesterday. And by the way, if you've not come out to Tribe's Church, you need to do that. I'll, I'll share more about my church in just a moment. But we were making an art project when I was a little girl. And we took a light bulb and we began to take strips of paper and dip them into the paper mache. And little at a time, we were wrapping the light bulb over and over and over again until finally you could no longer see the light bulb because it was covered with all of the paper mache. And then our teacher had us do something. We took that paper mache light bulb in our hand and we smashed it on the table as hard as we could. And suddenly we could hear the little tinkling of the broken light bulb inside the paper mache. Well, then we painted it and we made it into a beautiful maraca. But I'll always remember that the outside looked beautiful while the inside, in my mind, was broken. That's how we live. We take great measures at wrapping ourselves up in the things of life. We're wrapped up in pain and hurt and past experiences that have wounded us. We've clad ourselves with armor, emotional armor that will fortify us while all along we're broken on the inside. And then we do that thing. We paint ourselves. We make ourselves look good. We fix our hair. We get just the right outfit. But you know and I know that we're broken on the inside. We've become nothing more than bound up paper mache people not living in the freedom that God had us. Caught in a vicious cycle of life. The cycle looks something like this. When you have pain, when you have anger, when you have these things going on in your life and you just feel caught in despair, this is what can happen to you. The first part of that cycle is guilt. When we feel guilty about our behavior and we know that we're not living the way that we should, we know that something's going on. And in many ways, I would say this, we have a secret. We're not fully authentic to the world around us because we hold inside of our heart secrets, things that we know that we're struggling with, things we know that we should shed. It's a layer of paper mache that we put around our heart to hide the brokenness of our life, and we feel guilty about that. We're failing to live the way God wants us to do, and we're falling in temptation and sin, and we feel guilty about that, okay? Well, you feel guilty long enough, and you start to get angry, you're angry at your circumstances. You feel angry because you're stuck. You feel angry because you can't find a way out. You're angry, really, at yourself. But what we do is we blame others because, obviously, it should be their fault that I'm here. We start to think about how people have failed us and let us down and how they hurt us and how they uh, wounded us and betrayed us and did us wrong, and we get stuck in that anger well, it's not very long before we move to the next part of that cycle, that cycle of despair, and the next area is fear. Have you been gripped by fear before? Man, you guys, I know that I have. I have been gripped by fear, but this fear is the fear that we begin to recognize that we are controlled by an area that we can't do anything about. And we fear that we are always going to be stuck in this place, and we fear that our hurts and our hang-ups and our habits 
are controlling us to such a degree that we know that they're going to bring us down. And that's when we go to the next part of that cycle, and that's depression. We feel that we're stuck forever. We start feeling sorry for ourselves. We excuse our hopeless condition. We become filled with yet more guilt because we know we're not living the way we should. And we finally just give up and say, I quit, I can't change, and we just acquiesce to a lifestyle of bondage, that's not what Jesus came to set us free for. And then the cycle of despair starts all over again, guilt. Well, if that describes you, hang on, because there is good news. You get a do-over. We get a new beginning. We do all get a fresh start, a clean slate. My little granddaughters love that song right now called Let It Go. I'm sure that you've heard it. And they can all sing it. But you know what? There's a real powerful truth in that song that's sweeping our nation right now. And I'm going to share it with you. Let it go. You want a new beginning? You want a fresh slate? This is what we have to do. Let go and surrender. You might be saying, well, that's crazy. I know that. That's too simple. It is simple, but it's really difficult to do. Letting go and letting God take control of our lives is more difficult than what it sounds like. Maybe you can uh, recognize that you're kind of a control freak yourself, and you'll agree with me. But in the Word of God, there was a man named Jeremiah, and he wrote the book of Lamentations. And I like the message version of this scripture, but listen to what Jeremiah is saying, starting in verse 17 of Lamentations 3. He says, I gave up on life altogether. I've forgotten what the good life is like. I said to myself, this is it. I'm finished. God is a lost cause. Now I'm going to stop right there for a moment, but can you imagine Jeremiah, who is called the weeping prophet, just getting that raw and that real about where he's feeling? This is like us saying, you know what, life is hard. I'm done. I'm over it. I can't do anymore. I want out. I've got to find a way of escape. Jeremiah had just had it. But then in the very next breath, he says this, it's a good thing to hope for help from God. I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. You know, I'm never going to forget that. I remember it all. Oh, how I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. But there's one thing I remember, and in remembering, I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His mercy couldn't have dried up, because they're created new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God, and I say it over and over, he's all I've got left. God proves to be good to men who passionately wait and to the women who diligently seek him. It's a good thing to quietly hope, quietly hope for help from God. It's a good thing when you're young to stick it out through the hard times. When life is heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself. Enter the silence. Bow in prayer. Don't ask questions. Wait for hope to appear. Friends, that's what we need to do when our life is difficult. We need to enter the silence. I talked about it earlier today. Just embrace that moment and wait for hope to appear. Let go and surrender. 
Is there unforgiveness? Is there pain? Do you feel like you're holding up the side of the Grand Canyon and if you let go of control, it's all going to come crashing down? Well, I challenge you, <laughs> let go and you'll discover hope will appear when God comes through. I'm going to give you four things real quick as we share today. But first, we're going to take a break. I will be right back. This is Don Scott Damon, your Freedom Coach. There's a great new church called Tribes Church on the north end of Grand Rapids, and I invite you to be a part of it. God is doing amazing things at Tribes Church, 6070 Cuts Hill Road. Now, that's just 11 minutes from downtown, and it's right off of the East Beltline. The East Beltline turns into Northland Drive, Northland Drive, past West River Road, and there's Cuts Hill. Friends, you got to come on out for Tribes Church Pastor Julian Newman and myself, Pastor Don Damon, we would love to see you there. Join us at 10 a.m. So real quick, here we go. Number one, talk to and unload on God. He can take it. You know, Jeremiah said, I'm done. I can't do anymore. And then in the very next breath, he said, it's good to wait on God. So what did he do? What did he experience? What happened to him? I believe that when Jeremiah began to tell God, raw, honest, gut level, here's where I'm at, and tell the truth to himself about himself, about where he was at and what he was feeling, he quit the false platitudes and he just was honest with God. When we do that, when we unload with God, I believe we get the breakthrough We see it with Jeremiah. He said, I give up. I'm done. God, you're a lost cause. I mean, he was angry with God. And yet, God's big enough. He can take it. He can handle it. There isn't anything about you that he doesn't know anyway. So what are we trying to hide? Just let it go. James 4, verse 7, again, the message says this. In fact, um, through verse 10. So let God work his will in you. Yell aloud, no, to the devil, and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God, and he'll be there for you in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your life. Purify your inner life, it says. Quit playing the field. Hit bottom and cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious with God, really serious. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you'll get back up on your feet. Unload, surrender, let it all go to God. Number two, turn your life over to the care of God. You know what? Nobody's going to care for you like Jesus. No one can care for you like God. If you're listening to this today and you've not turned your life over to the care of God, you think you're trying to still handle yourself, you need to just drop to your knees and say, Jesus, I can't do it anymore. Take my life. Matthew eleven twenty eight gives us this wonderful word from Jesus, this incredible invitation. He says, come to me, all you who are heavy, struggling hard, carrying heavy loads, and I'll give you rest. Put my yoke on you and learn from me. I'm gentle. I'm humble. You'll find rest for yourself because my yoke is easy to bear and my burden is light. Jesus is waiting for you to become vulnerable, for you just to say, here it is, God, I can drop all of my self-protection and all of my defense mechanisms, and I can just let it all go because I can turn it over to the care of God. Nobody's going to take care of me like God. But you know what? Many will just resist 
and refuse that beautiful invitation from Jesus. They'll reject it. They will refuse to let go of past pain and past hurt, and they'll hold that unforgiveness, and they'll nurse that wound. They'll refuse to grant or gain forgiveness. People will just despise the thought of relinquishing control. I asked you a moment ago, are you a control freak? Today's your invitation to let it all go. Submit before God. Acknowledge the power of God to break every chain off of your life and just surrender. You know why we don't surrender? Surrender is really counterintuitive to the human soul. The Bible says that the human will is at enmity towards God. It means we're standing there with our fists up in the air. Did you ever see that movie Dances with Wolves? And there was a girl in the movie, her name was Stands with a Fist. Is that your name? Do you stand with a fist? She had her her dukes up, if you will. She was standing with her fists, just shaking them towards anybody who would even try to get close to her. She was not willing to become vulnerable. We do that with God. We stand at a distance with our fists up in the air. We say, oh, God, I love you and I give you my life. And yet we do not allow ourselves to drop our own defense mechanisms and let God care for us. Let him love us. It's counterintuitive. We're told, hang on, keep fighting, stand there, keep struggling, keep striving, carry the heavy weights. No, let it go. There is an urban myth, urban legend, about a mountain climber. And this mountain climber went out early, actually is in the middle of the night. He went before the rest of his gang went because he wanted to be the first one to top this mountain. And so he took off, and under the moonlit night, it provided just enough light for him to begin to scale that mountain. But as he was putting his rope in and began to ascend up to the mountain, a snowstorm that was off radar began to come in, move in. It was this Arctic blast, and suddenly this mountain climber was just surrounded by ice and wind and snow, and his visibility was absolutely lost. He could see nothing, and he was in great danger. And um, he thought, if I could just keep going to the top, I will make it, and then I'll be okay. So he slowly began to scale the mountain, and he put his foot on a piece of rock that that was rotten, and it gave way, and he slid, plummeted down the side of the mountain. And again, he couldn't see anything, so now he's dangling in this storm aside the mountain, and he can't regain, and he just hears... um, the Lord, as he says, God, help me. If you help me, help me, I'll get out of this. And and the Lord whispers to him and says, cut your rope and drop. And the man just refuses. He's just, he's just not going to cut his rope and drop. There's just no way. Cut your rope and drop. But he wouldn't. Well, the next morning, the eager band of mountain climbers that were left started out, and suddenly they all stopped and gasped as they looked at the vision of a frozen man dead, dangling off the side of the mountain just two or three feet from the ground. If he would have cut his rope and dropped, he would have saved his life. Maybe you're dangling today. Maybe you're struggling today, and everything in you is saying, keep up the mask, keep pretending, keep holding it together. And God is saying, cut your rope and drop. Let it go. Let it fall. And I encourage you to do the same thing because you'll discover you're not very far from hitting bottom and Jesus is right there to pick you up. Number three, daily turn your will over 
to the control of God. It's similar, but it's different. There's many people who have turned their life over to the care of God, but they won't relinquish relinquish their will to the control of God. Now, this is not a call to weakness. God doesn't ask us to be weak, but he does ask us to drop our pride and to be meek. Matthew 5, 5 says, happy are the meek. So let me ask you a question here this morning or tonight. Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Because when you stick your heels in the ground and refuse to move because you're going to be right, guess what? That pride has to go. The control has to fall. You want to be happy? Happy are the meek. Meek and weak are two ends at opposite spectrums. Weakness is exactly that. It's frailty. It's being fragile. But meek is strength and power under submission. If I were to light a match right now and hold that up for you, I'd say, what if this match said, you know what, I don't want to just light a candle. I don't want to just light a campfire or a fire. I don't want to just ignite the oven. I want to be put over there in that gasoline puddle, or I want to be put um, on that tree in the middle of the forest. That fire is blazing out of control. It's destructive. It's scary. It's not useful. It is despised. But if that fire will yield its strength and its power, it will be beautiful. It will be helpful. It will be an amazing gift. And that's how our life is before God. When we hold up our fist and we refuse to relinquish control to God, we're like a match that says, I don't want to be ablaze where you want me. I want to be wherever I want to go and do whatever I want to do. I want to be in control. And I'll tell you what, right now, you are destructive. I'm afraid of you. I'm afraid of me when I'm like that. We need to daily turn our will over to the control of God. Number four, and coming to a close here in just a moment, trust God's purpose and his timing for your life. You can trust God And you can trust his timing. He knows what's right for your life. You can trust the intention of his heart. God only has good things for you in store for you. God has greatness for you. God's not trying to keep anything from you. He's not trying to rip you off. God does take no delight or pleasure in seeing you struggle or or suffer. You can trust God's purpose and his timing in your life. He will do his work in your life. And finally, trounce temptation. Number five, trounce temptation by prayer. Praying to God is an act of submission, and it's a recognizing that you don't have the answers, but God does have the answers. And the Bible tells us in James, when we submit to God and resist the devil, the devil will flee. Temptation is not sin. Yielding to temptation is sin. Temptation is going to come to all of us. The temptation to take the control back. The temptation to harbor unforgiveness. The temptation to think like a victim and not have the mind of Christ. To lick our wounds and to suffer and to wring our hands and to worry and doubt. Trounce temptation by prayer. Prayer is a powerful communication with God. It will bring power and strength in your life. God's peace will flow into you. And I encourage you today, get to know God by talking to him every day in prayer. God is there for you. Well, I hope this has helped you today. It's always good to be with you. 
Today, if you're struggling with any of this, if you're struggling with anything, I just want to say a prayer for you. And I'm going to encourage you to do this just as you're listening to me. Take your fists and ball them up and clutch as hard as you can. And when I count to three, I want you just to release everything. Okay, you ready? Now see everything that you're hanging on to and everything that you're holding and everything that you're clinging to that you think if you let go, it'll all fall apart. Why don't you let Jesus be the Savior? Why don't you let God be God all by himself? You let him be the creator and you be the creation. One, two, three. We let it go. Jesus, we surrender before you today. Our will, our desires, our worries, our fears, our hurt, our pain, our struggle, the anxiety of our heart, our concerns, are all those things that we struggle with, God. We surrender them to you. We remind ourselves today, Lord, that you are in control, that you love us. We can turn our life over to your care. You're going to take good care of us, God. You're going to protect us and hold us and keep us. So I pray for my sister that's listening today. I pray you lift her up, Lord Jesus, that you strengthen her right now as she yields to you the meekness of Jesus come into her life, power under submission so you can use her life for your glory and for your honor. We thank you for that today, Lord, in Jesus' name. And if you don't know Jesus, just say, Lord, come into my life, make me new, forgive me of my sin, cleanse me, purify me, and give me a fresh beginning. If you prayed that prayer today, I believe you got born again. Jesus loves you, and he has great things in store for you. Hey, everybody, I want you to visit me at thefreedomgirlsisterhood.com. Stop by, write me a note, let me know what you're thinking about. And whatever you do today, girls, this is your Freedom Coach talking. Stay free, live free, trust God, and let it go. God bless you. We'll see you next week.